Father, we thank you tonight for another opportunity as we come before your holy word. Thank you that today your word will be a blessing to us as we continue on this series. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, please, I'll beg of you to listen to me very carefully. I, I really should have done um, PowerPoint today, but uh, I, I just couldn't. Amen. I just couldn't. So just just listen carefully. If you want me to also give you my notes, I'll, I'll, I can do that. I can forward you my notes so that you, you read through. Amen. Okay, so last two weeks. Okay, so last two weeks we looked at the meaning of the word um, study, just like one of the contributors said in Pastor Jessica. It means to exert oneself to endeavor or be diligent. Okay, I will. Um, so from this verse in Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen, that's where we looked at the word study, which is that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God. Workman no need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, right here, realize that study is no child's play. It's work. Study is labor. It's not a pastime. It's not a hobby. That's why many people really don't do it. Even sometimes it explains why even most church leaders who stand in the pulpit don't study because it's it's work. It involves work. We looked at the Berean believers in Acts 17, just like one of the contributors said. There are two striking features there of the Berean church that we can all learn from and practice. And that is one, to receive the word in all readiness. And number two, to search the scriptures, which meant they study. If, if we have Christians like this, false, false, false teaching will stop. I guarantee you that. It will stop. Amen. Pastors will be more serious and we will really study the word of God. So I, I really pray that we'll have a burial church. That, that's why sometimes it's good when there is Q&A and things like that so that people can ask questions. Because sometimes questions will provoke you to uh, read and study more. Amen. Yeah. Like, like I said, that, that time when we're doing the growth and fruitfulness, the pastor just kind of locked me up with one question. It forced me to really go and study and pray, you know, and thank God and an answer came. So it's good. It's good questions. Uh, receive the word with all readiness and, and do that. Amen. So we looked at three reasons why we studied the word. One, to be approved unto God. I explained that uh, in total last week. Number two, it means we will not be ashamed. And number three, we'll be able to rightly divide the word of truth. And we, we, will, we will have that expertise of a surgeon using a scalpel to perform surgery on a patient. That's what rightly divides the word of truth, really means. So today, let's focus on the dynamics of studying, and that is the how-to, okay? So number one, I repeat number one again, invest in a good study Bible. Thank God that all of you have study Bibles, so invest in a good study Bible. So there are many study Bibles uh, unfortunately, some are not good, some are good, okay? So some good ones, let me talk about some good ones. Spirit-filled study Bible is good, so that's a very good word. Keyword study Bible is also a very good one, uh, you can get that one. Um, cause that one, ha that one is, it, it has a very easy to use concordance style that will help you to understand the meaning of certain words. Life application study Bible is good. There are some bad ones, all right? I don't know whether I should even mention names. 
Okay, fine protocol. I won't mention it. But there are some bad ones. Amen. If I, if I see you holding the Bible, I'll tell you it's a bad one. Okay. So, number two, have a plan of studying. That's one of the reasons why many people find it difficult to read the Bible or study the Bible. You see, you don't, you, you don't just read the Bible because you are led by the Spirit. You, you have to have a plan of study. You have to have a plan of reading. There are many Christians who don't do morning devotion or a quiet time because they don't have a plan of reading the Bible. Today they open to Ezekiel, next week they open to Revelation, and when they feel like it, they'll open to John. You know, when your Bible reading becomes very erratic and scattered, you will not be consistent. But if you have a plan, so have a plan. You have a plan in the next 28 days. So now we are in February, the second February, in the next 26 days, what do I want to do? What do I want to read? Or you can follow many of the Bible plans. You know, the YouVersion Bible app has many great Bible plans. You can use many of them for devotion. I do that uh, most of the time. I just pick one of those devotionals and I use it. Amen. So have a good, have a plan of studying. That's how you'll be able to study. So now let me talk about some types and methods of studying, okay? Just to let you know. So now we are talking about studying, not just reading now. We've moved from reading now to study so number one microscopic study microscopic study now what what is microscopic study the first time i had this word first time i had this word from bishop Sion. you know uh, bishop Sion, our pastor in dallas you know he's the first person i've never like what's microscopic study so i remember when he finished preaching I went over to go and, you know, say hello to him. And I asked him, what is the meaning of microscopic? So he picked his Bible and showed me the meaning of microscopic study. So the first time I studied the Bible, the first mode of studying to me was microscopic study. That's all I knew. And microscopic study means, especially if you have a good reference Bible, you'll be able to do that. You know, so when you have a good reference Bible, Sometimes you will see the verses, it has letters, maybe letter A or number one, and then it has verses beneath or in the middle of it. So, especially if you have a Bible that has a center column reference, you will see that. That's very good. So normally you just look at that letter and open the scripture. And then that scripture will take you to somewhere. By the time you realize, you would have connected dots to create a certain picture in your mind in the Bible. So that's a very, 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 very good way to study the Bible. Even if you don't have a study Bible and you have a center column reference Bible or some, most of these reference Bibles too now, they just write the verses underneath or on top of it. You can just look at it. So for example, you are reading John chapter 2, verse 1. You will see letter A, you will see letter B. All of them point to certain scriptures. When you look at it, you will see it and then you open it. Now, when you open to point A, which will take you to the scripture, you realize that it's also pointing you to another scripture. It will point you to another scripture, point you to another scripture, and these are dots connecting you to a certain truth. So that's one of the best ways to study the Bible. In fact, normally when I see new converts and when I'm teaching them on how to study the Bible, that's one of the best ways to teach them to study the Bible. Because sometimes for them, getting a study Bible will be too difficult and it will be too much for them. So if they just have a good reference Bible, you know, one of the best reference Bibles to use is called Thompson Chain Reference Bible. 
you know it has it has a lot of reference so when you look at the scripture every verse will have a letter by by each word and it will have verses corresponding and supporting verses so what you will just do is that when you read it and when you see the letter you will just refer to the supporting verse open it and then understand some things so it's called microscopic so it helps you to unearth deeper truths of the scripture it, it's 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 like a connecting dot is connecting you to somewhere so that's one of the best ways to study the bible unfortunately some of these software bibles you, do, you it doesn't really have the reference most of them don't but if you really have a um, um, hardware bible you know you normally see that there are uh, references there uh, in the U version bible some of some of the versions have those so for example when you are reading you will see normally like a text message sign when you click on it it normally has verses you see that it has about four or five verses you just open to all the verses it will help you to understand the bible better so microscopic study is one of the best ways and what is the purpose what's the aim it's dots it's connecting you to a certain spiritual truth and it helps you to unearth the meaning of a scripture more and more sometimes you may see one letter which will talk about power and then when you you click on it if it's a software if you click on it all the versions there will let you understand something particular about that word power so it's, it's a very good one it's called microscopic study so that's one of the best ways so the, 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 these modes of studying this is what i know i'm not saying this is all there could be more but this is what i know and i want to present to you in a very concise manner number two expository study now expository study how many of us remember um, bishop abedi he, he preached on our friends and family day he preached a very powerful message from james chapter one if you do remember when he in his opening remarks he said I am going to do an expository teaching. And what did he do? He just took James chapter 1 verses 2 to verse 8. And then he stayed within the context of the scripture. And brought out some spiritual truths. And he preached very powerfully. He gave us four important truths. That will help us to stay above waters. Especially when we seem to be overwhelmed. He talked about wisdom. He talked about prayer. Uh, he talked about we should allow uh, patience to have its perfect work and that and that amen so he mentioned some four very powerful truths what he did was expository and what's expository um study expository study is looking at the context of a verse so for example when i'm doing expository study on john 3 16 what's john 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, when I'm doing expository study on that, I will now have to look at the context of the verse. So I have to read from chapter 1, so I'm sorry, from verse 1 to verse 15 to now get the full picture, the context of how for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and then teach on that you understand so that's expository expository means you are looking at the context of the text sometimes when you are doing expository teaching just looking at the preceding verses is enough sometimes that's not enough sometimes you also have to look at the supporting verses 
after verse 16, then you are able to build a bigger picture. In fact, when you go to most Bible schools, they will recommend young preachers and people who are graduating seminary students that this is the best way to preach. And the reason why they will say this is the best way to preach is that you are boxed. You are within a context. So you will not really go to the left or to the right. You will not go on rabbit trails and you know you will start forming all sorts of doctrines. One of the ways why many spooky doctrines have been formed is because people don't stay within context. People don't do expository teaching. And expository teaching, honestly, is very hard. It's hard. It's not very easy. It's, it's easier to just pick one scripture and then run with it as your theme than to stay within a context and then minister. I'm telling you, that that's very hard. I've been preaching for long, so I've tried all these methods. Expository is hard because it takes a lot of discipline, one. Number two, you have to know your stuff. It behooves on you to know the, the, the background of the story. And, you know, sometimes to know the background of the story, it's not just reading the Bible. You have to look at other Bible aids and understand. For example, why was the book written? Who was the author addressing? And, and what time was this written? You know, you have to understand all these things. Then you will be able to preach in an expository manner. Amen. So sometimes they said that's the best way, uh, and I and I and I will agree with that. It, it is, it is true. You you will barely go into a rabbit trail. The Bible says that do not turn to the left nor to the right. So sometimes it, it helps you to stay centered on a scripture. So exp- expository is good. So sometimes one of the ways to study the Bible on your own is let's say, okay, I want to just read Proverbs chapter four. And what am I doing with Proverbs chapter 4? I'm going to look at the context of the whole of Proverbs chapter 4 and then unearth the truth that I will get from the whole chapter. It's called expository study. Amen. So that's the um, second way by which you can study. The third way by which you can also study is called narrative study. And what's narrative? Narrative means that you are looking at a story. For example, um, when Moses um, delivered the people, that's the Israelites, from the hand of the Egyptians, it's not just one chapter in Exodus. Okay, it's a, it's a series of chapters that you will need to follow to get the whole strand and the whole pie of the story. That's narrative. So let's say you are reading a story, you want to find out about a story. Not every story is just written in one chapter of a book. There are some stories, it takes place in more chapters. So, for example, if you want to understand Moses' story, how he became, he, he, he was tasked by God with the assignment to go to Pharaoh and deliver the Israelites out of Egyptian oppression and take them to the promised land, you have to start from chapter 3 and then probably travel right to the end. If you are doing that, just following the story of Israel's redemption from the hands of the Egyptian, that is called narrative Bible study because you are following a story. Okay, so that's also very important. So sometimes you might say, okay, I want to know the story. So find out where it starts and where it ends. And all that you'll be doing during that time will be narrative Bible study. So the story could maybe take 
take place in six chapters or it could take place in one chapter or two chapters whatever you are doing during that time is called narrative bible study because you are following a story like in jesus most of his encounters he had like let's say with a blind man with the woman of um, with the woman of the issue of blood it's just verses it's not even chapter it might just be three or four verses long and that's the whole story so that's narrative story so i'm taking maybe how jesus dealt with the woman with the issue of blood maybe that's just six verses long and you just take a look at that and read to understand the scripture so that you will get more truth out of the scripture it's called narrative bible study because you are looking at a story and probably with the intent of sharing that story with someone so that's narrative bible study so the next one is topical bible study so now when you say you are studying what sort of studying so microscopic that's just reading the bible you look at the verse especially if you have a good reference bible you will understand that you will look at every letter that points to a supporting scripture and then you open it to an f more truth that's the very first way i studied the bible yes i never had a study bible that's how i studied the bible most of the time just microscopic then the second type of study is expository as we've talked you look at the context of a verse so let's say any verse you like to quote john 10 30 i and my father are one John 10 30, I and my father are one. So now if you want to understand, I and my father are one, John 10 30, you might have to read the preceding 29 verses. What made Jesus arrive at that statement, I and my father are one? That's expository Bible study. So you are looking at the context of the text. And probably you might have to read verse 32, 33, 34, right up to the end of John chapter 10, just to understand the whole chapter and why i and my father are one is the verse so that's expository now the third mode of study is narrative that's you are following a story you know there are many stories in the bible so sometimes you want to follow a story so following the story or tracing the story it could be verses long of a chapter or it could be chapters of a book it's narrative and then topical study means to focus on a topic and look at all the scriptures reference to build a case normally this is how you build a doctrine you've heard the word doctrine i believe we've all heard the word doctrine doctrine means to build an established truth now if you want to do that you have to do topical study and you have to look at it from the old to the new so, for example, let's say you want to build a doctrine on righteousness. Find out how many times does the word righteousness appear in the Bible. And sometimes it will tell you 686 times. And if it's appears 686 times, you have to go through all the scriptures. Don't just do 50 out of 686. All the scriptures. Because we are talking about building a doctrine. And then look at all the scriptures. And then when you look at that, based on that, you will now get a summary of 
Righteousness in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. And sometimes it's not just looking at the verse. Sometimes just looking at just the verse alone where it appears, you might not understand it. You might have to read a bit more. Most of my teaching series are topical studies. So this is what I normally do more. I, I don't do too much expository. Presiding Bishop, Bishop Edujenfi, he does a lot of expository teaching. Bishop Sion does a lot of expository teaching. And Bishop Abedi. Most pastors, I've listened to many pastors. Not every pastor does expository. But I do more topical. So for me, if I'm building a series like righteousness, faith, I'll have to look at all the scriptures from Old Testament to New Testament. And that, that, that can take me quite a time. It's, it's not a rush. If, if you just pick, let's say, it's written 300 times and you do 20 out of 300, you will not have the whole truth. You will shortchange yourself. So from experience, I have learned, you will have to look at all the scriptures so that you'll be able to get an idea and you'll be able to build your case. Amen. So that's how to build a doctrine. But sometimes there are some people who are building a doctrine, they will just quote Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 1. And what does the scripture say? By the mouth of two or three, everywhere it's established. So they will just look at two or three scriptures and then they have built doctrine. But that's not the correct way to build a doctrine. If you want to build a doctrine, you have to look at it. Or the Old Testament, New Testament. And that's where Paul's advice to Timothy comes in. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A, a workman needed not to be ashamed. That will be able to rightly divide the word of truth. You can't rightly divide the word of truth if you don't look at it from the old and the new. Amen. You can't. So that is very important. So topical study. So on your own, let's say you want to study joy. How many times is that written in the Bible? Find out joy. And sometimes for you to understand the bigger picture of this, you also have to look at the words associated with it, which I also do. So there is joy, joyful, joyfulness, joyfully. I look at all these words. I don't just look at just joy. I look at the associated words with joy so that I have a bigger picture because when you when you want to teach on a topic you have to have a broader understanding of the subject and when you have a broader understanding of the subject you'll be able to teach it in simplicity that's that's the big picture so you have to have a broader understanding of the subject so that you'll be able to teach it in simplicity amen so that's the way to so topical study when you are doing it don't rush it don't rush it if you rush it, you will make a lot of mistakes. Don't, don't rush it. Be patient. If it's 800 times it appears, take your time. Take your time. Maybe pace yourself. Okay, I want to learn on joy. It appears 800 times in the scripture. Okay, 800. Maybe today I'll just do 80. So maybe you look at 80 scriptures today. Maybe next week I'll look at... And then pace yourself. Don't, don't rush it. If you see it appears 806 times, don't say, oh, I'm just going to do 20, and that's it. You don't, you don't build a case like that. You have to look at everything, and then you'll be able to get a full understanding. And with that, you'll be able to teach in simplicity. People who teach very simple, they know a lot. Simplicity is the hallmark of complication. 
They know they know so much, but they have been able to take all that they know and they prevent presented it to you in simple bite-sized steps. It's like for me, there are two ways I'll know a doctor. The one who talks everyday English to me and explains the symptoms to me. And the one to who is just talking a lot of book. Like you just graduated from John Hopkins uh, Medical School, whatever, 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 whatever. So to me, the person who is a good doctor is the one that is speaking in plain English because it makes me know that he knows so much. He understands the subject true and true that he's able to present it to me in layman's terms. So to me, that's also how I judge. Personally, that's how I also judge a teacher. Amen. When, when you are teaching, don't bring your whole assignment in it. You confuse the people. <laughs> Amen. You confuse the people. Just try and bring it to them in simple, bite-sized ways by which they'll be able to understand. So topical study is great. It's great. It stretches your mind. It tests your patience. But if you are able to do it, you will get a fuller and a bigger understanding of the subjects in which you you are trying to tackle. Amen. All right. So number one, we've looked at microscopic study, expository study, narrative study, topical study, right? So number five, let's look at character study. So now, character study was that you are trying to study a character of the Bible. You can pick any character. You can decide, oh, I'm going to study on Moses. So now you have to find out wherever Moses is mentioned in the Bible and learn something on Moses. That's character study. Today I want to learn on Ruth. And just pick the book of Ruth and then start to learn. And then you see that you go into great depth. Especially if you have a study Bible, you go into great depth. It will begin to tell you more because that will be your focus. So have a mode of study. So we can say, I'm going to study on Ruth. Or I'm going to even study on Jesus. Let me look at Jesus in the four Gospels. So your emphasis will be on Jesus. Not on Peter. Not on John. Not on Judas. Not on the woman of the issue of blood. But Jesus. I just want to look at everything. From his birth. How he grew up. How he operated. How he did ministry how he tackled his assignment died on the cross, resurrected that will be a more of study so character study, amen so that's also a very a very good one helps you to learn some truths so, some of the best times of my study is when I decided to just pick up a character and then just, just learn the character amen and that's a great blessing one, one day I remember many years ago I did a study on Joab, I don't know why I decided to do a study on Joab but it's really blessed. Like, wow, this was David's uh, right-hand dude. How he became a, a rebel and all that. It was very interesting. Very interesting. And most of the truths really hit home to me. But you will never know until you do it. Amen. So character study is a blessing. You can take any character. Samson is a great character study. If, if anybody has done a character study on Samson, You'll be very blessed, very powerful. Amen. Okay. I call this emphatic study. 
I don't know the name of it. It's just what I call it, emphatic study. Why? Because sometimes when you are reading the book of the Bible, there are certain things that you will emphasize on. Let me give you a typical example. Every, every Advent season, you know, Advent is the first 24 days of December and then 25th is Christmas. So every Advent season, starting from December 1st, I always read the book of Luke. I've done it for many years. So when it's December 1st to December 24th, I read the whole book of Luke. And that's 24 chapters. So I'm always listening. But 2019, when I was reading the book of Luke, I've done it for many years now. I just decided to focus on the word power for some reason. Because I was reading Luke chapter 4 verse 1. And Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, went into the wilderness, was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit. Then Luke chapter 4 verse 14, the Bible says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. For some reason, I just decided to underline the word power. And what I decided is that now, my emphasis on the book of Luke now is just going to be on power. So now, from Luke chapter 4, wherever I see the word power, I underlined it. And to be honest, when I did that, it really gave me a very strong revelation there. So that's why I call it emphatic Bible study, because especially when you are doing the book of the Bible, there are certain words you are like, I'm going to emphasize on this word. And I'm emphasizing on this word one F. A certain spiritual truth behind it amen so that's that's very good so when i did the the, the book of luke like for the for like th- this was my first time just doing that like okay let me let, let me just look at the word power let me look at the word power and then from luke chapter 4 wherever i saw the word power i just underlined it so for the first time when i was reading the 24 chapters my emphasis on the book of Luke was on nothing more than the word power. Amen. One time, when we are about to start the church, I just started to read the Gospels. And when I was reading the Gospels, my emphasis was on how Jesus related with people. So I'm just reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All my emphasis was how he related with people. So I was not focusing on his miracles. I was not focusing on his teachings. All that I was focusing on is relational skill. How did he relate with people? That's all. So that was my emphasis. So I was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So wherever I see, he will have a dialogue with someone. That's why I pay attention to. That's emphatic Bible study. So whilst I'm studying, I have certain things that I am emphasizing on. Do you understand? And then the last one I would like to talk about is a book study. So sometimes you can just take a book, the book of Proverbs, the book of First Timothy, even what we just, uh, we just read today, First Timothy 2.15, can just say, okay, I'm taking that book and I'm just going to study it. And when you study, you will know more. You'll know the author, who it was addressed to, the theme of the the book and all that stuff and that helps you so have have a study plan and for you to have a study plan you have to know the different modes of study and you ask yourself so which mode am i going to use today 
So we've talked about microscopic study, expository study, narrative study, topical study, character study, emphatic study, and book study. Amen. So I've given you seven types or seven modes of studying. So now, whenever you say, I'm going to study the Bible, look at these seven modes. Which of them do I want to do? Do I want to do microscopic? If you want to do a microscopic, get a good reference Bible. Or get the Bible that has the center column with the reference in it. That's good enough. And then study the Bible from that. There is a man of God in America called Rick Warren. He pastors a church called Saddleback, you know, Saddleback Church, somewhere in, in the OC, Orange County there. And, and he recommends microscopic study. He says he doesn't even study the Bible. Great man of God, preach a lot of great messages. I've listened to some of his messages. I think he's a great preacher. And uh, yeah, he said all that he did just do is microscopic. That's it. Uh, that's how he's done. Well, he knows so much. I mean, if you listen to him, he has a wealth of Bible knowledge. But all that is that just that's microscopic. So he was the second person I've heard using that word microscopic after Bishop Sion. But the first time I heard it, I heard that word from Bishop Sion. And he showed me how to do it. And I've, I've done it ever since. I don't do much of it now, but I remember I used to do it a lot then. Amen. So microscopic study. So it's good. Amen. Okay. So... I'm not done. But who has any questions concerning these modes of study before I get into the rest? Let me break here. That's why I said listen carefully because I know it's a lot. Amen. If you don't have anything, have... let me know. Uh, yeah, I have a question. Okay. Um, on the, the top casting. Yep. Um, so, I, I, I hear people emphasize on um, first mention, if first mention. So, I, I want to know the effects or the impact the law of first mention has on, on, on your on podcast. Does, does it form any foundation for whatever words you are trying to look into? Very good question. Yes, yes, it does. The law of first mentioned us. I remember the first time I decided to study on the word prophet, I looked at the law of first mention. And when I looked at the law of first mention, I realized that it almost had the same meaning in the Old Testament. So the first time the word prophet is mentioned is in Genesis chapter 20, verse 7. It says, Abraham was a prophet. You know, um, the king had taken Abraham's wife, and then the whole house became barren and then the lord told the king give abraham's wife back to him he's a prophet and he will pray for you so that's the first time so when i looked at that word prophet there in the hebrew it means intercessor now when i decide to look at it throughout the old testament right up to malachi I realized that that word intercessor stood out and became more dominant in the definition of the word prophet. So that, that really helped me. So from there, I was able to conclude that, oh, a, a sign of being a prophet is also 
you you are an intercessor. So that really helped me. So the law of first mention does help a lot. Sometimes for you to understand the evolution of a word. Because one thing I've, I've, I've seen about the Bible is that words do evolve. Sometimes you are reading the Bible, you see the evolution of words. But to really get the, the grasp of the word, sometimes you have to go to when was it first mentioned in the Bible and why was it mentioned. And, and when you are able to do that, it sort of set the standard for you on how to really understand the word and how the word is now used or it will evolve in other books of the Bible, especially when it comes to old and new. Amen. So, so the law of first mention, um, that's apply. Amen. Good one. Understood? Yes. Okay. I think all of them are good at which stage you want them to. I, I don't think there is like one better than the other. I think it, it more has to do with the season, the purpose for which you are doing it. And so I, I wouldn't exalt, out of the seven, I wouldn't exalt one above the other. I think they are all very necessary. But at which stage you will use them, that, that will all depend on you. And what your needs are. It also depends on what your needs are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then emphatic study. I know that as word, uh, Bible word study. Oh, okay. Bible word study. Okay. Yeah, but I like your word too. That's okay. That's not good. I like that emphatic study. All right. Bible word study. Okay. So Bible word study. For me, personally, I call it emphatic study. Okay. So yeah. Bible word study. Yeah. I like that word though, in fact, because you're okay. emphasizing that word. That's okay. also very good. Alright. Okay. Who has anything? Alright, so we've just done two now. So number one, invest in a good study Bible. There are many good Bible apps now. There is Logos Bible. Logos can be a bit advanced. So sometimes it might not be, it's not something to recommend for everybody across board, but most pastors get the Logos Bible because most pastors are involved in preaching. But there is Glow Bible. I recommend Glow Bible for anybody to go on their phone because it has this um, theatric effects, you know, with the pictures and everything. And whatever you are reading, you can see a picture and everything. Very nice. So. That would be nice. It has a bit of animation to it. So I, I think they've just done it so, so that Bible study will just be attractive. So that's one of the best ones to get. GLO. That's a Glow Bible. And it's good. I've not used it in ages. I remember when the iPhone came, there was one of the first Bible apps there. It just takes up too much storage. So I just deleted it. Amen. But I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's still there. It's one of the good ones to use. Blue Letter Bible. That's also another good one. It's a very, very good one. So you can 
put that on there. Study tools too is also very good. I've I've study tools on my iPad. I I use it when I have to go real in depth because it, it has more. Amen. So those are some of the good um, study apps you can get. All right. So that's it. Number two, have a plan of studying. So we've, we've looked at seven types of study: microscopic study, expository study, narrative study, topical study, character study, emphatic study, book study. So I've mentioned seven. Amen. So number three, know how to use Bible aids, concordance, commentaries, different Bible versions, Bible dictionaries, and the like. When you are studying the Bible, this, this is also very necessary. Amen. But if you are not a preacher, probably the only thing that you will need to know how to use the most is a concordance. That's why when you get the keyword study Bible, that's a good one. Because it, it comes with that. So when you are reading the Bible, you normally see key with a number, 103111. So you just open 10311. It helps you to understand it. And then you check it out. So probably that'll, that'll be it. So maybe everybody has to know how to, how to use a concordance because words really affect the meaning of a scripture. If you are reading the scripture and if you are using your everyday uh, English use of a word to understand the scripture, you also make a mistake. So there's also a technical aspect to understanding the Bible. That's the technical aspect. You have to search concordance. What does this word mean? You know, and the Hebrew and Greek, it has a large vocabulary than English. English is very limited. So sometimes when the Bible translators were translating it from the original to English, which was a secondary language, you know, there was a lot of uh, gap in, in interpretation. So sometimes the, the, the concordance helps to fill those gaps so that it helps you to understand what the Bible really means. Amen. So that's, that's very necessary. Uh, preachers, you have to know how to use a commentary. What's a commentary? You don't, you don't use a commentary to preach. A commentary just basically helps you to get the historical background. That was very important. Because this Bible is an old book. It was written about over 6,000 years ago. And when you're a preacher, you, you are supposed to build tension. And what do I mean by building tension? You are supposed to take as almost 7,000 years, the, the Bible, almost a 7,000-year-old book with its culture, and now abridge it to this current age, 2021. So you are standing in two eras. You are standing in BC, probably over 6,000 years old, and now 2021. How are you able to abridge that? Yes. So that's why commentaries and those things are needed, because if you are able to understand the past, you'll be able to translate it very well to the present and to an extent the future. So that's why um, these, these aids are needed. Amen. But just nominal Christian, just stay with concordance. That's, that's good. There's nothing wrong if you want to do commentary and stuff like that, but a concordance is good. At least every Christian has to understand the meaning of certain words. Because word, words play a very huge part of you understanding the Bible. Amen. And sometimes our everyday English use of the word might not do justice to how we are reading the scriptures. Amen. Okay, so number four. Rely on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit when studying. He is the express author of the scriptures. If you want to understand the scriptures, 
rely on the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's the, he's the express author. Um, thank God for commentaries, but they are not the final authority. Uh, thank God for concordances and Bible dictionaries and all that stuff, but it's not the final authority. The final authority of scripture interpretation and accuracy is the Holy Spirit. So you have to know that. Howbeit, it also behooves on you to study. You understand? So you also don't have to downplay study. You have to, you have to study. Um, but at the end of it all, not that the Holy Spirit, He is the one that will really breathe His light of understanding upon the scriptures you are studying. Amen. And number five, very important Bible study is a time of prayer too. Don't forget that. Don't ever forget that. It's a time of prayer. It's a time of prayer because um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Alright, so when, when, when it's time for Bible study, I think this verse really holds true when you are doing Bible study. Learn how to rely on God. And one of the ways we should rely on God is by praying. Pray that, Lord, may I not be susceptible to false doctrine. Because sometimes, no matter how much you study the Bible, if, if you are not doing it without the Holy Spirit's help, you will end up in error. That's, that's a fact. So, rely on the help of the Holy Spirit. But God wants us to be studious. Amen. So, I'll end on this tonight. I think we have more than enough information on this topic now on how to read and study the Bible. The most important thing now is after writing your notes, just do it. <laughs> That's it. That's the real blessing. The real blessing of the message is doing it. So now, it's not just another way. I know the modes of study and what have you, Bible word study, topic. Great. Do it. Right? Just do it. Nike. Just, just do it. Nike. Just do it. Just do it amen no matter how much i talk on swimming breaststroke backstroke butterfly look if you don't fall into the water and swim it ain't gonna work right so you can have all the notebooks on swimming it will never be a blessing to you until you fall into the water and start to do it so i pray that now there is no excuse at least tonight to all of us on why we should not read and study the Bible, okay? Guard yourself against deception. And one of the ways to guard yourself against deception is how to properly read and study the Bible. So, this is the end of the series, okay? God willing, next week, I'll give you a bonus teaching. I'll give you a bonus teaching in addition to the series. I'll finish the series, but next week, what I'll teach will just be bonus okay that'll just be a bonus so our series is four parts uh, it's done amen who has any question all right we have five minutes on the clock i'll let pastor robert and 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 pastor jessica talk because they are very good preachers so if they could also take us into their world of study i'll 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 i think i will be blessed
I'm sure you, you guys will also be blessed because they are very good preachers. Amen. You know, when I'm listening to her preaching, I, I'm listening to, wow, the skill. And when I see the skill, it means that hours of studying has really been invested into that. Amen. I live with my wife, but honestly, I don't know how she study. I really don't know. Because when she study, I'm out of her way. And when I'm studying, she's out of my way. No, she's not out of my way. She's nosy, so she probably knows how I study. But I don't know how she studies. Amen. I really don't know. So, okay. If you guys could help us, I'll be blessed. Amen. <laughs> yep. I think I do more of the, the word study and then um, I also try to read about the Bible chronologically from the beginning till the end and then take notes. Um, so if I hear something in, in a passage that draws my attention, then I focus on what I'm like. I mean, that's what that I've seen. But when the Holy Spirit brings something to my attention, I focus on some time and I mean, do a study on that from other books of the Bible before I continue with the study. So um, every at every point in time, I'm still, I'm reading it from the beginning to the end. And then when something catches my attention, then I focus on that. And then sometimes too, I just um, there's a topic that's in my heart that I I, stay, I spend some days on trying to study. study, study. I think, I, I don't know, it looks like I don't really have um, one that I normally do, but then I do the, mostly the worst study and graduate them from the painting. Okay. So normally, how long does it take for you to do that process? Because that sounds like a lot. So let's say the message that you preached on Sunday, how long would that take for you to just do the chronological study? So the message I preached... Sunday was um, it was last last year when I was reading through the Bible. Okay. That I went to the so I have to make a discussion with the Okay. Uh, is that not a trade secret? You like him give his secrets. Okay, that's that's also not bad. It's a blessing, isn't it? It's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm nosy, so I like to know. I'm blessed. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Jessica, yeah. Yeah. So um both so personal I do my personal study different than I do um when I'm about to preach a message or you know, it's two different I go about the things two different things two different um, ways personal study I do I read the whole book I like going through a whole book and I like going through the books not necessarily in chronological order um, sometimes I skip around the Bible I can read Jer all of Jeremiah I can read Daniel then I'll go to the New Testament and I'll read you know and sometimes if I read something in Jeremiah and Daniel that strikes something in the New Testament, then that'll be the next book I read, and I read it in its entirety. And then as I go along, um, if there's a word that comes out to me, you know, that the Holy Spirit brings out to me, or a topic that the Holy, or a phrase, 
um, I'll underline it and then I'll do a study on that before I continue reading the rest of the book. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's how I keep, you know, going. Amen. And then when it comes to preaching, I do more of expository. Um, I'm a big, I, I love expository. Um, I think it's just because that's how I was taught. And then that's how I, I uh, in school, and to, to preach, that's how it taught me. And then when I was, um, when I first got saved, that's what the preaching was, mostly, was expository preaching. I was exposed to a lot of that. So I just enjoy it a lot more when I'm preparing for a sermon. And then um, um, after that, you know, I do expository and then I do word study because the words to me are very important when you are, um, have a scripture and then I do the expository to the before the context. I even do the whole book because I want to realize the history and the background of the book. And then um, after I do all that, then I'll go into like a concordance and do word study of the individual words to make sure that I'm not missing. I want to juice it, you know, that's uh, kind of like when you take a grape and you juice it out. So I, I go from big and then go small. That's how I prepare. All right. That's powerful. Amen. So thank God for two of our best preachers. I believe that as they have shared some of their trade secrets, you also apply them. Amen. And who knows? Maybe one day you'll be as good as them or even better than them. Amen. So that's powerful. I've been blessed. So the most important part is that now ICC, we know how to read, we know how to study the Bible. Let's just do it, okay? All right, let's just do it. Give me a thumbs up. Are we gonna do it? Let me know. I I want to see a thumbs up. Are we Are we gonna do it? Are we gonna yes. do it? Yeah, thumbs let's do up, it. Thumbs up. Yeah, let's do it. I can't even see your thumbs up, but you said it. So no, I'm not in the yeah, picture. That, that's that's good. That's good. Let's let's just do it. Amen. So we are done. We are done. Amen. Father, they said they would do it. They've given me a thumbs up. Lord, I pray that may we do it. May we mix the word that we've had with faith and may we do it, Lord. And Father, we thank you that as we begin to study and read your word, may we know you more. May we say like Apostle Paul, that I may know you. And Father, as we do this, we thank you that we are free from every form of deception that will come our way this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. All right. Thank you. All right. If you have any question, let me know, okay? All right. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you.